Welcome, welcome, curious souls, to the Macabre Emporium, your sanctuary for the unusual, the mysterious, and the appalling. Step through our cryptic doorway into a world where secrets whisper and enigmas come to life. I'm David. And I'm Sarah. Together, we're your custodians of the macabre, guiding you through tales that defy the ordinary. Discover the untold stories, from lesser-known cases of true crime to the bizarre events that captivate us. Join us on a journey to the shadows where the mainstream fades and the extraordinary beckons. So whether you seek the bizarre, the eerie, or the chillingly obscure, you're in for a treat here at Macabre Emporium. Welcome back to Macabre Emporium. This is episode 49. And if this is your first time joining us, being a battle scatter from Hillbilly Horror Stories or some other random corner of the internet, welcome! Welcome! So here we are, our New Year's Eve episode that we never did last year. Yeah. So. Came in handy. <laughs> hopefully everybody's, yeah. We had wrote this out before last year, and we never did it because we were like, you know what, we're taking the rest of the year off. Yeah. So this is, I guess you could say, a lost episode maybe this week. No, not a lost maybe. episode. Last, just this place for a year. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> it was sidelined like a motherfucker. Right. So hopefully everybody's Yule, Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, or whatever holiday traditions you have for the 25th. Creepmas. Creepmas, or Little Baby Jesus Day, or whatever goofy name you might have got. It was good for everybody. Yeah. Not much to speak of. We haven't really done anything. Yeah, we both just got over COVID. Yeah. So yeah, there's. We're both back from the dead. Like the men of Osovich Fortress, because I happen to have my Sabaton shirt on right now. Yeah. That was a good two weeks of going absolutely nowhere. Yeah. And then go back. You went back to work for a day and then back to nothing. <laughs> went back for a day and then went on vacation until January 2nd. <laughs> Oops. I didn't plan for that. It's just the way the shit happened. Within our last year, what are some of the favorite stories that we've done? For me, personally, I feel that my favorite episode that's been done mm-hmm. was, well, not even a full episode, but a story from an episode would okay. definitely be God's Rambo. Right. You did that really well. Yeah, I keep hearing a lot of good things about that, and a lot of people are like, that whole intro, they're like, I'm so pumped up to hear this story, the way you, you, know, you brought yeah. that in. Yeah. No, you did a really good... Really good job on that one. And then, like, I'd say that's my favorite favorite, but on, like, an equal playing field, basically. Mm -hmm. But in a completely different realm, I'd say probably the Bell Mansion episode. Because we got to meet Justin Ermel from Mysterious Circumstances. We got to meet Jerry and Tracy from Hillbilly Horror Stories. Which eventually led us on to be, you know be interviewed by jerry and we did the investigation at the mansion yeah which you were completely terrified from start to finish yes but we'll be doing another one in may yep so she's getting her butthole ready for may everybody hey buddy primed and ready to go she's preconditioning that butthole for maximum (laughs) pucker factor for me (laughs) (laughs) maximum effect yeah so the one in May is at a haunted jail in mm-hmm. Indiana, and that is hosted by the Brohio podcast and Justin Rimmel from Mysterious Circumstances again. Yeah. So I'm excited to do that. So yeah, maybe might look into getting some of our own equipment before yeah. then. Yeah. So we're not just 
going in in the dark with just a little digital voice recorder or something so we can actually do our own thing. Yeah. But as for a favorite of my own, I don't feel like I have a favorite. I think... Yeah, it's kind of hard to say. tragedy, you know? Yeah, it's like kind of hard to say, oh, I have a favorite true crime case where somebody died. I'm going to say... I mean, they're not favorites, but they were in lighter spirits, and Mm -hmm. I just... It was completely stupid for me. Was that fucking Mary Lloyd one that you made me read? (laughs) Because I couldn't pronounce anything in there except for the words that came... Or that were English. The non-English English words? (laughs) Yeah. And then probably the tongue twisters one, because that was just stupid and fun. Well, you know, with the Mary Lloyd one, that was because... I was early onset COVID at that time when we yeah. didn't want to cancel an episode again. Yep. And so I thought it was best to have Sarah read it, even though I am better at English pronunciation yeah, than I Sarah never, is. Never we learned again that in episode. That shit. <laughs> I will never again. That was a one and done for me. Thanks. Oh, unless they say so. We want to hear Sarah say more English words. Oh God. Unless they send me a list of shit they want to hear All me right. say terribly. Sure, let's do that. Careful, I'll that butcher, might just happen. I'll butcher everything you send my way. Careful what you wish for. <laughs> I'm not wishing for it. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? As far as favorite episode and for... Okay, we'll do favorite episode as your own personal episodes, your favorite episode of mine, mm-hmm. and then just that. Your favorite and then your favorite of mine. Actually, favorites would become out of that same one. I mean, like... Attack of the Dead Men for Halloween was probably one of my favorite stories. Because that was a of, really good one, too. You know, it's sure determination will to fight to survive and get their vengeance back from being gassed, but yeah. also God's Rambo as well, too. Yes. Um, You know, like I said, with the true crime thing, it's kind of hard to have a favorite or I whatever. Know. I know. But I don't know, maybe for a true crime case, that's a favorite that you did was um, either that lady in mexico that went nuts and thought she was actually an incan goddess oh or yeah maybe the most one of your most recent ones of the lady that was like deep frying a head and oh, my, oh mama nelson <laughs> crazy <coughs> son of a bitch yeah deep frying a head and hands in a pan and whatnot and having some long pig barbecue for thanksgiving i would say okay so maybe that one would be one of my favorites not in terms of like subject matter right but the comedy that you brought to that yeah and there was bill's head oh my god (laughs) well i wasn't expecting that yeah yeah so kind of what we plan on like kind of our potiversary episode i went back in and dug in through numbers and things last this time last year we actually had about 39 followers between, you know, all the big three platforms. So I went back and dug all around. For those that don't know what the big three platforms are. Google, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Okay. And went back, dug through, and we are now up to 206 just on audio, plus whoever uses the own separate RSS feed and other platforms that I didn't follow. Nice. So thank you to all of you for me and Sarah on that. Yes. And 51 on YouTube. We can't forget them yep, either. I was going to get to that. And we have 51 on YouTube as well. I said it first. And for our top five episodes closing out 2023, before we get into our fun tiddly bits for this episode, um, episode one is still our number one episode. Really? Yeah. Wow. What will it do to your soft tissue? Which was, you know, the, Great pizza funeral and a whole bundle of nerves between the two of us for yeah. we're really doing this. Yeah. 
And, you know, we don't sound as nervous as we did before. No. I feel like the first few episodes for me, I sounded like a robot. Like, yeah. Yeah. Episode three, she's just as ugly on the inside as she is the outside. Yes, she was. Sylvia Likens' case in my arch road trip to Crown Hill Cemetery just down the road, basically. Oh, yeah. Because they both take place in Indianapolis. Yep. Episode two, Ronald and the Colonel Aren't Loving It, my first true crime case that went from a zero to 100 miles an hour in three seconds. Yep. With James Huberty, also known as Limp Dick in that episode. What did I do on that one? I don't even want to ask that again. <laughs> what did I? Sorry. What did I do on that episode? Um. Did you only write down what you did on those I episodes? By, I only did my episode title. And I, rem- I remembered what I did. Yours oh, was the remember. KFC murders. Ha! And you didn't oh. think I'd remember. Oh. I didn't. Yeah. And oddly, I found this a little interesting. Well, there is the bonus episode. And then for the last of the top five, the bonus Halloween episode. And oddly for, I found this a little odd that this shot up to the top because on the list it's been in the middle of a pack. Uh-huh. Episode 5, Two Cryptids, One Urban Legend. It was because of the title. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure somebody, you know, at least anybody 35 and older probably <clears throat> yeah. saw that and knew what was referenced. Like, okay, what's this? Yeah. Though I wonder... With okay, so severely off topic. Okay. Like there was the whole two girls one cup thing. Right. And now there's two men and a truck. Or there it's been out for a long time. Oh good lord. I don't know if you've ever seen it. If you haven't, please don't look it up. No, yeah. You can share with the that, rest of the class now. That shit scarred me for life. I'm gonna leave it at that. <laughs> but like going into the next year, I wonder if there's gonna be some new like Oh, there's gonna be. Some, just something is equally fucked up. Oh, yeah, because you know that at one point there was one guy, one jar. Oh, God, I remember that. <laughs> so we are really off the rails here for the yep. Year's Eve episode. Sorry. sorry, not sorry, but if you know us well enough by now at this point, you know we kind of do that. And yep. we're kind of fucked in the head in the first place. We, you we know, don't apologize for it. You know, Kevin Porium, obviously. Yeah. Should have been a big red flag, I guess, about how we are. The biggest. So for me, kind of in retrospect, like I feel like the last year's been really good for us. Mm-hmm. It's led us to meet people we never would have right. met otherwise and do things that we wouldn't have done otherwise, especially this bitch. Right. Uh, we've definitely gotten closer doing this together, and I couldn't imagine doing it with anybody else, nor would I want to. Right. We've done interviews with other podcasts and have another one in the works. Mm-hmm. We're not going to say who. But it's really expanded, like, both of our social circles, which is a bonus. We, I know we never thought going into this that we would probably has, have as much fun doing it as we have, but we have. And we continually grow, and we're getting bigger, thanks to everybody out there. Yep. Um, I know for me, looking forward to next year, I would like to do more Victorian-era stuff and more paranormal but continue to do my true crime. Of course. Yeah. What about you? Is there anything you prefer or wish to go over in the next year? Yeah, like I brought up in the Potiversary episode, that one I kind of do like road more road trip type-esque episodes and then not yeah. be like just learning about state, like going to like world heritage sites and things. Yeah. And maybe do like episodes on people similar to like what you did as a Black Bart, kind of a general overview of their life. Yeah. 
And like one of those first episodes, it's going to have to be about, you know, Art Bell because of people like him. This wouldn't be a thing, really. Yeah. You know. Agree with you there. And some of those road trip episodes, like I've heard of one little thing about these places and I go to look into it for like maybe a clearance bin or something else. And then it's like, wow, this whole entire place is quite interesting. So it needs its own episode. Kind of like how episode three, Crown Hill Cemetery was. Mm -hmm. So I want to try and do more of those. Yeah. Kind of do a little bit more obscure true crime stuff. Maybe not do all the mass murdering stuff like I've always done for mm -hmm. that stuff. I mean, Tony Curtis, Tony Curtis obviously wasn't, you know, a mass murder. Yeah, it was mass a shooting. It was a very unique case is what that was. It was. And I don't know, maybe a cult or two. Not like we're Ooh. not talking to in Heaven's Gate or Jonestown or um, the Branch Davidians like. Little obscure ones. You could always do the cult of Jared Leto. <laughs> well, actually, one of the shows we were we went on, he's actually a survivor of a cult that was founded in Indiana. Maybe you could have him on to talk about Thinking that. About it. Thinking yeah. about it. And yep. He will actually. He likes to get the word out about them and everything. Yeah. And they're aware of him talking out out against them. But I'll probably start off next year. With an inspirational story for everybody that has New Year's resolutions to better shape in mental health, physical health, so on and so forth. I've had it saved. Huh. Why are you looking at me confused? Because I'm trying to think of what it is. <laughs> I don't know. What? Your, what you were just talking about. What? The story? Yeah. I've never told you about this one. Oh, uh, well, you don't tell me about any of them, but... It's a video I watched about a man that did ran a marathon in Australia, and I was just like, huh, okay. Oh, okay. So now with all the retrospect and plans for next year out of the way, what do you have for our final episode of 2023, Sarah? I have... True crime. No. No. What? Nope. I have New Year's Eve and New Year's Day superstitions from across the world. Huh. It's very listy, but it is what it is. Right. What do you have? You know, with us being sick, we want to still put something out for you guys. Yeah. I have a background on a New Year's Eve tradition. Nuh-uh. I know. Big shock. I got no organs and history stuff going on over here, right? No way. This is probably about one of the biggest traditions of New Year's Eve that everybody watches. The ball drop at, New at Times Square. Yeah. And some just to warn people. I kind of intentionally worded this to, to unlock your 12-year-old inside of you. Yeah. Just the... Yeah. When you were reading the ball facts and you started giggling <laughs> like a fucking child. And I couldn't stop for some reason. It yeah. shouldn't have been as funny as it was to me, but it, was, yeah. it is what it is. Like, literally turned around and was like, I apologize. I'm like a 12-year-old again. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. So you ready to get started then? For uh, real other, you know, with the fun tiddly bits or the fun facts? Yes. Are you ready? Yep. All right. So in Scotland, you are supposed to avoid taking out the garbage or proposing on the first day of the new year because they say that doing so will take your luck with it. No, I don't think I've ever taken the trash on New Year's Day that I can recall, so. Yeah. I don't understand how proposing on New Year's Day would take your luck. I don't know. But, I mean, I guess I could see it with taking out the trash, but right. who knows? I'm not in Scotland, so 
If you cry on New Year's Day, it's a sign that bad things are to come. In fact, it could result in you having an entire year of sadness. So much like every year (laughs) for some people. Right. Like, not every year is a good year. If you're a single female and you look out your bedroom window on New Year's Day, as soon as you wake up and see a dude walking by, it's a sign that you might find yourself married before the end of the year. But what if that dude looked like, I don't know, Steve Buscemi? <laughs> or Gary Busey. Gary Busey. Ugh. And I'm yeah. t- I mean, old, like current day, looks batshit crazy Gary Busey. Yeah. Well, the, it didn't specify if it would be that man himself. It just says a man. Well, that, that's true. But what if you look and it's a really, really decent looking guy, but your right. dude winds up looking like Steve Buscemi. Right. It's like, this superstition <laughs> sucks. I saw Jason Momoa outside my window and I got Steve Buscemi. Yeah. Or Ed Rob, from fucking 90 Day Fiance. Rob Snyder. <laughs> like any of those bulgy eyed people. In Spain, you're supposed to eat 12 grapes between 12 a.m. and 12.01 a.m. They, they say it brings you good luck for the upcoming year and they eat 12 of them. To symbolize one for each month of the new year. I kind of guess what that was. Although, I don't know why it's grapes. I don't know. Could have been anything, I guess. In Latin America, wearing red underwear on New Year's Eve will grant you a new relationship in the new year. The color of hussies. (laughs) (laughs) It's the color of passion, the color of love and all that stuff. Come on now. (laughs) As I turned into Rick for a minute there. Leave that in. No, it's going to. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck? I don't know. That's what I get for trying to finish my coke off before we come back in here. (laughs) Okay. Carrying on. Wearing both red and yellow underwear brings you love and luck. Wearing gold brings you... Hopefully not golden showers. (laughs) Wealth. Gold underwear brings you wealth. But if you take them off, perhaps a golden shower. Yeah, and you said red and yellow. My first thing before you even finished that thought was like, it's going to bring Ronald McDonald. Nope. And wearing white underwear brings you peace. You just got to make sure they're clean. Right. You don't want to bring the funk. In numerous countries, you're told to be super loud and make as much noise as you can as the clock strikes midnight, as this will ward off evil spirits from entering your home. So Dee's house is covered every day of the year. Yep. <laughs> if you run around... Uh-huh. But is it evil spirits? Anything about demons in there? Demons? Yeah. Demoned. So just evil spirits, not demons? Nope. Okay. If you run around your house seven times, you'll have good luck in the new year. Just, you know, don't be surprised if you look like a lunatic while you're doing it. Yeah, I don't think even with the, you know, so after effects of this third bout of COVID, I can fucking do that right now if I wanted to. Long capacity is definitely not what it's supposed to be. In Italy, it's common practice to see people tossing things from their windows on New Year's Eve. They do this to make room for positive vibes in the new year. Can you imagine just walking down the street, minding your own business, and you're getting, like, dinged in the dome repeatedly from people just throwing their random shit out the window? Yeah, I went the other way with that. I went cartoonishly Wile E. Coyote with that, and a fucking piano drops on your (laughs) fucking head. And boom, you got a new episode to do. If they, I guess if they can fit a piano out, they're not, they're not real clear on what you're supposed to throw out you're just supposed to throw shit out 
I don't know. In Romania, people dress up in bear skins and dance throughout the streets. They do this from Christmas to New Year's Eve to ward off severe bad luck. But regular bad luck is okay, I guess. Right. Well, what classifies as severe bad luck, though? I don't know. It just said severe bad luck. So, right. like, regular bad luck. Cool. Yeah. Severe bad luck. Not cool. Don't eat lobster on New Year's Eve. Many cultures seem to believe that since lobsters move backwards, if you eat them before midnight, the New Year will have a lot of setbacks for you. Where was that one at? I don't know. It doesn't say? Which it is, says many cultures, so it's... Okay. A, yeah. Which is weird because, the, like, <clears throat> when I was looking into this, when the thing that came up that might be a clearance bin thing was about lobster club restaurants in Times Square on New Year's Eve. Huh. <clears throat> when you think of a scarecrow, you might think of fall or Halloween, right? Well, me for mostly Wizard Boss comes to mind first, but go ahead. Well, yeah. But in Ecuador, they're a symbol of the previous year's negative energy, and you're supposed to burn them on Christmas Eve to start the new year with, you know, positive energy. He's really a fucking potato, ain't he? <laughs> yeah, he is. At least he doesn't just flop like most cats would. That's true. Numerous cultures believe that you should not step into the new year on your left foot. So always start the new year by stepping with your right foot to guarantee the start of the new year starts off on the right foot. So make sure. Yeah. New Year's Day. You wake up. You walk out with your, your right foot first. Is that like out of a room? Out of a house? It just says your first step. Yeah. Like, I'm going to remember that after... See, with these like these superstitions, it's weird. It's like, okay, is it after you go to bed and then you wake up? Or is it because you stay up till midnight and then you got to remember the step off on your right foot at mm -mm. 12.01 or anything like that? Nope. Opening your door just before midnight is supposed to allow you to let the old year out and welcome the new year in. It's also a good way to freeze your nipples off if you're from the Midwest. Yeah. But it seems so far this year that's not going to be the case. Yeah, I feel like because of how warm it's been... That we're gonna get fucked hard. January's January. gonna kill us. In China, it's suggested that you do not clean, even if you had a party. They say that if you clean, you'll end up throwing away or washing away your good luck, and this includes your clothes. Like you just got to keep them dirty until the second. Don't wash anything. You shit on the floor, just leave it there. <laughs> You're. Yeah, try and carry off that tradition here in the United States with people with New Year's Eve party where everyone's drunk as shit and somebody Puking throws up. Puking everywhere. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Or somebody that's your enemy comes in and spikes shit with a laxative. Oh, no thank you. Yeah, I don't know why my brain went there on that one. Because <laughs> that's how your brain works. On New Year's Eve, if you carry an empty suitcase through your home, it means that you're inviting excitement and new adventures in to you in the new year. An empty suitcase. Just walking around your, your place with an empty suitcase in your hand. In the Philippines, some believe that polka dots, or really any object that is round, are worn to bring money. Since polka dots are round like coins, they think it also brings wealth, abundance, and success in the new year. So, stock up on your polka dot before New Year's Eve. Also, make sure that you stock your cupboards. It said if you go into the new year with empty or nearly empty cupboards that you will struggle for the no next 12 months. Much like people are doing now anyways. 
In Japan, Buddhist temples all over the country ring their bells 108 times as they believe that this will get rid of the 108 types of human weaknesses. I got nothing on that one. Yeah, me neither. (laughs) David actually found this one for me, and it got added. Don't let a woman be the first one to enter your house in the new year. Known as the first foot or first footing, the superstition from Scotland and Northern England held that it was bad luck for either a light-haired or, depending on the region, a dark-haired man to be the first to enter home in the new year. Worse was to have a woman be the first to enter. In one Shropshire Valley, it was thought to be bad luck for a woman to enter the house at all before noon. Damn, I didn't trip her up with an English word in there. No, Shropshire was pretty easy. (laughs) In Puerto Rico, it's a custom to throw a bucket or a glass of water out the window at midnight to clear out the old year and drive away evil spirits. The water is used to signify all the tears and strife of the year before, and you're tossing it out so that it's not brought into the new year. Seems like that'd be the one that would suck just walking down the street and you get splashed in a face full <laughs> bucket full of water. Yeah, ice bucket challenge that you didn't ask right. for. In Colombia and other parts of South America, straw dolls called old year dolls are burned at midnight as they are leaving behind the bad from the previous year. Colombians also carry around empty suitcases on New Year's Eve, hoping for a travel-filled year. So, kind of coincides with the other one that I talked about. Mm-hmm. On New Year's Eve in Russia, it is tradition to write your new wish on a piece of paper, burn it, and dump the smoldering ashes into your glass of champagne, which you then gulp down at midnight. Like, only in Russia, dude. Right. So maybe the one download that we have, then that's like... Yeah. Hopefully we can hear from them, but it's like if that's still really a thing that people still do today. The tradition of eating black-eyed peas may have begun as far back as ancient Egypt as a way of showing humility and gaining favor from the gods in the new year. The tradition was adopted in in the South following the Civil War when all the slaves had to eat were black-eyed peas and pork. As the Emancipation Proclamation took effect on January 1st, eating black-eyed peas on New Year's became a symbol of freedom and is now an omen for blood... And is now an omen for luck and prosperity. Are you about to say blood? Yes. <laughs> blood and prosperity. <laughs> yes, I was. But that's not what it was. It was just luck and prosperity. That's all I got. Just trying to remember if there was one village in Peru in the Andes Mountains, if it was Christmas Day or New Year's Eve, where they literally will fist fight each other to settle their differences before going into the new year. You, Yeah. There's videos of it. Like, they fist fight and then they like... They physically beat the shit out of each other. All right, it bro, we're good now. Yeah. Really? Pretty much, yeah. Wow. And they got referees for it and everything. They make sure it doesn't get too far out of hand. And it's like women against women, child against child. Like, everybody in this village gets involved with is it. Is there midget on midget slapsies? I'm sure there is. If they have a quarrel <laughs> that they hold... Like, so, like, if they have a problem with somebody, they wait until Christmas Day. I think it is. They wow. wait till Christmas Day to, to do this. And then they settle their differences on Christmas Day by meeting up and beating the shit out of each other. And the rest of the village watches on. The meet and beat. I love it. The meet and beat. <laughs> <laughs> In other parts of the world, that's a whole other meaning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the word and is taken out and. Meet beat. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> Wasn't well, that a band like fucking Meat Beat Manifesto or something? I don't know. Shit. It sounds like an underground <laughs> punk band of some sort. I gotta look it up. Hang on. 
There is a band called Meat Beat Manifesto. <laughs> okay, then. So I guess it does already exist. Yeah, from the 80s. Of course. Well, yes, it's a punk It's a punk band, too, isn't it? Uh, Electronic music. Yeah, that would be my second guess, actually. Formed in the UK. Yeah, that sounds about right for that, too. But... Huh. Meat Beat. <laughs> Anyways, enough about beating meat. All right. So you're ready to hear about balls drop and all that good stuff? Oh, I am. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so on New Year's Eve is is where the one holiday where we all gather with friends and family and watch balls, balls drop around the world to usher in the coming new year. We have been celebrating... We have been celebrating the start of the new year since as early as 2000 BCE in Mesopotamia during the vernal equinox first day of spring, March 20th. New Year's Day would be moved to January 1st when Julius de Caesar proposed that the Julian calendar in 46 BCE. It is also believed that January 1st was selected to honor the Roman god Janus, who has two faces, meaning that he could go back into the past and move forward into the future. So, like, for Thanksgiving, we are going to go back to New York City again this week for a countdown to the new year. The first New Year's Eve celebration that took place in Times Square was in 1904 to commemorate the opening of the new headquarters for the New York Times. Alfred Ox, the owner of the New York Times, would lobby to have the square renamed Times Square from its original name of Longacre Square to honor the newspaper's new home before the New York Times moved into the building and held the celebration. And this was before the New York Times moved into this building and held the celebration that would become a holiday bucket list item. This tradition was originally celebrated at Trinity Church near Wall Street. Ox wouldn't spare any expense to celebrate his building to ensure a party for the ages. Ox would have an all-day street festival, culminate the event with a fireworks display set, set off from the base of one Times Square building, the tall, super skinny building where the ball drops from mm -hmm. now. They estimated that 200,000 people showed up for this very first celebration, and the crowd's cheers could be heard as far as Cronton on Hudson, a village 30 miles north of, of New York City on the Hudson River. Wow, they could hear it that far out. Yeah, that's what they claim. You gotta remember the world was a lot quieter back then, too. Well, not yeah, not as many huge buildings either. Mm -hmm. Two years later, after the city banned the fireworks, Ox would have a ball made of iron and wood constructed and covered in over 125 25 watt light bulbs and used the maritime tradition of lowering a ball at noon to tell the time. His first ball weighed around 700 pounds. It's like metal, it's iron and wood, so two yeah. very dense materials. Yeah. During World War II, would be the only time that the lighted ball wouldn't be dropped due to voluntary dim-outs to keep the skyline hidden from possible German submarines in the Atlantic or battleships as well, too. Instead, they chimed church bells at midnight for the two for two years straight. Well, okay. not two years straight, but for the two consecutive years right. I knew of what the you war. Meant. The ball itself has only changed seven times in the 115-year tradition. So over 115 years, this ball has only changed appearance seven times. That's it? That's it. Wow. The original ball, as I previously mentioned, was made out of wood and iron and had 125-watt light bulbs covering the outside of it. And then in 1920, the ball would be made completely of iron and only weighed 400 pounds, which I don't understand how that reduced... Made of iron and it only weighed... Yeah, I don't understand how it making it out of one entire material reduced the weight. I don't know. It could be something with the density of the wood. I'm not a... But it's iron. Right. But who knows? And then this ball would be used until 1954 when an all-aluminum ball would be made, and it weighed only 150 pounds and was covered in 180 light bulbs. 180? Yep. 
So the ball got mostly the ball got bigger, so they put more lights on it, or they just compact the lights a little bit more. It into didn't it. get much bigger because you said they had a hundred twenty-five watt light bulbs, right? Yep. So they've only got twenty more, or eighty more. Yep. Huh. During the 1980s, they replaced the white light bulbs with red and added a leaf and stem and green light bulbs to create a giant apple for the I Love New York campaign. That's where that came from. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. 1995 would be the next big change when an aluminum skin would be added and covered in 10,000 rhinestones. The light bulbs would be replaced with halogen lamps and computerized lighting effects. This would be known as the glitter ball. This year, the ball would be two seconds late and arriving at the base of the flagpole it was lowered on. This ball would be used until 1999 when the Millennium Ball was created. The Millennium Ball would be covered in Waterford crystals and would be the world's largest crystal ball on 1,000 pounds and be 6 feet in diameter. And covered in 600 halogen bulbs, 500 triangle-shaped crystals, and 96 spinning strobe lights. That's crazy. The next change would be in 2002, 195 panels would be engraved with the names of, the names of countries and organizations that had the names of casualties from the 9-11 attacks on them. I didn't know that they did that. I didn't either until I looked this up. Huh. And this wasn't just the 9-11 attacks on the World Trade Center. This was also the names, uh, the Pentagon and the four airplanes that were yeah. used in the attacks. And these panels today are in part of the collection of the 9-11 Memorial and Museum. I could not find if they are on display or not. Hopefully that they are. I would assume so. And the final change in 2007 for the 100th anniversary, a completely new ball would be built. And this ball would be covered in 32,000 LED lights and weighs almost 6 tons and is in 12 feet in diameter. With all the LED lighting, they can create over 16 million different colors. Jesus. And this now is the permanent ball that we see today mm -hmm. every year since 2007 drop. And if you go to, to the, the New, York, New Year's Eve Times Square website, there's actually two different cameras. There's a ball one and ball two cam. That you can actually see it from two different angles. There's like one from a distance and there's one close up. And mm. I saw you smirking over there. <laughs> I, was, I was wondering if you were going to be able to get through that without smirking yourself. That's why I was like, is it going to happen? Is he going to giggle because he's talking about watching balls on the computer? Oh, I'm, I'm sure at some point when I get towards the end of this, I'm going to start fucking laughing. Oh, God. So from December 1st up until December 29th, visitors to Times Square can visit the New, Year, New Year's Eve wishing well and write a wish for the new year on a piece of the 2,500 pounds of confetti that will be dumped by hand by 100 volunteers at midnight. Wow. They're dumped by hand? Yep. It's not just like I a first, big thing that they pull, you know, they pull the the string and it all just yep, falls I out. I always thought it was probably confetti cannons they had set Holy up. Shit. They just like shot them off, but no, if you get the... Yeah, and it's just, it's all dumped by hand. And, like, days prior, they will dump 75 pounds as a test. That's still, for confetti, that's still yeah. a lot of yeah, confetti. Yeah, 75 pounds out of 2,500 pounds, though. But still. Ooh. And the size of these pieces are from the pictures I saw about the New Year's Eve well, wishing well was. Mm -hmm. They look about the size of a post-it note. Oh, so they're not huge, huge. No, but still. Because, I mean, you see them on TV. I mean, they're a good significant size, but... Yeah. These one, I'm wondering if these are the ones that they use on the test or not, but it'd be pretty cool if they weren't and they were actually on the ones dropped on New Year's Eve. The numbers 2024, all four of the numbers, are actually seven feet tall and they are constructed in Inglewood, California and then driven cross country to New York City. The number 2024 is covered in a total of 602 LED lights and has a combined weight of a thousand pounds total. That's crazy. That's so much. 
crappy thing is I had the script written out last year mm-hmm. for 2023 and I had the, and one source I had used had all the weights for each number individually. And unfortunately, I could not find it this year, which kind of irritated me. It's like, cool, because all I got to do is go in and switch one number. And then now I had to take all that out because yeah. it never got posted the numbers by weight. So some other little fun facts about weather things on Times Square for the New Year's Eve ball drop. The coldest ball drop and somehow didn't have any shrinkage was in 1917 <laughs> and was only one degree when a wind chill of seven below. You can't just slip shit in there like that. Give me a fucking... Warn me. I know, because if I warn you, it's not going to be like great reactions like that we just had. With a little shrinkage. What the fuck? Okay, go. All right. Are you sure? Uh-huh. See? Like I said, I wrote it out to, you know, the trigger 12-year-olds. <laughs> yeah, of course. The average temperature for the ball drop is 34 degrees. Damn. Not this year, though. Yep. The warmest ball drop was in 1972 at 58 degrees, which probably might get broken this year. Who knows? Maybe. If are, their weather is we'll anything like ours. And four inches of snow fell on Times Square in 1948. Ugh. The wettest ball drop would be in 1936 with 0.48 inches of rain. Yeah, that's a lot. Because you said the wettest ball drop. Yeah. Is that, yeah, I I know. I'm <laughs> trying to be professional. <laughs> trying to here. be professional. <laughs> she, you guys, her face is like so red right now. Trying to... <laughs> it's, it's difficult. Yeah. So, yeah, I had to throw that shrinkage the part in there. Yeah, that was great. So that's it for, you know, a very short, brief history on the ball drops and Times Square and whatnot. Yeah. I didn't realize that those numbers were so, like, tall. Right. Well, they got to be able to be seen from the street, so... That's true. Each one of them seven feet, you said? Yeah, they're seven feet tall. So they're taller tall. than you. Yeah. That's insane. So for those that have me, yeah, these numbers are taller than me. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Crazy. A little bit. Yeah. Uh, before we end the episode, we both just want to say thank you very much from the bottom of our little black hearts. We thank you for... All of you that have found us, listen to us, and continue to listen to us, we appreciate each and every one of you and are glad you're here with us. Thank you to those that have given us show ideas and to those that have taken the time to give us feedback and constructive criticism. You've stuck with us from episode one, hopefully. If not, and you're starting, you know, we look forward to you listening to the rest of them, I Mm. guess. We hope you stick with us for the rest of the year to come. Thank you for being a part of our weird little family. Yep. But I would also like to thank, you know, some people, individuals, basically. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I want to thank Donald Fisher, you know, for one the awesome Hot Wheels car that he made of Helgi Meyer's yeah. Camaro and driving all the way over here just to deliver it to us. I was shocked by that. Yeah. And, you know, he's dropped our name out there. Numerous uh, times. Numerous times as well. Zach Flannery, a whole lot of big thanks to him, too, because he went out of his way to get music for an up for the third part of the bath township episode because as soon as i heard it i was like does this fit like hey can i get an instrumental of it it's like yeah sure when you want it mm-hmm. it's like cool and then he you know him dropping us on david angus name drops on there he's also done it on just a ride at least once and the patreon live streams and everything and yeah not even asking he's just done it on his own so if you haven't listened to Scatcast, go listen to Scatcast if you like some sketch comedy stuff. It's it's a little bit to get into, but once you figure out the flow of it, it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. 
<clears throat> I also want to say thank you to Paul Folks of the fan, the Phantasmagoric Oddities Emporium podcast, you know, for, you know, just throwing her name out there too, like we've done for you in the past, for, you know, people who listen. Also, Jerry Pauly and Tracy of Hillbilly Horror Stories, mm-hmm. along with Justin Rimmels for putting on, I guess you could say a bucket list item for me, and you know, so we can get a foot in the door with the paranormal investigation at the Bell Mansion that yep. we did. Looking forward to our next one that Justin is going to be doing in May. Well, live podcast event in May with the Brohio podcast. So that'll be an interesting one from one extreme to the other. Yeah. On that. Yeah. And I also want to give thanks to Minnie McIntyre and Lindsay for coming, hanging out with us every week on Twitch, which is still fairly new and it's not going to take over the podcast. It's just something fun I wanted to do so I can interact with you guys more other than through the Facebook group and wherever else that we interact with you guys on the internet. And of course, we can't forget the dog show. And you cannot forget the dog show. Even though dogs are fucking drooly ass animals. And no, you weren't left off of the end for, you know, to be facetious or whatever because you guys are the dog show and that's the dark <laughs> windows podcast kevin carlton and kevin hire for helping us out with stupid questions about podcasting at the very beginning yeah. of things so hopefully we see you in may with right justin and the brohio yeah. podcast and of course thank you to everybody that listens to us yes sir even though sarah did cover that i need to say it myself too i did so if you're also looking for new shows, you know, go check out Scatcast or the Phasmato- Poe. I don't give a shit at this point. <laughs> Phantasmagoric Oddities Emporium. Yes, the one that Sarah said <laughs> with Paul Folks. And, and Dark Windows. And Dark Windows and Hillbilly Horror Stories and all that. Mysterious Circumstances. And Mysterious Circumstances with Justin Rimmel, of course. Yes. Go check those guys out if you're wanting a new podcast to go do a deep dive in. After you get done listening to us first, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> go do a deep dive, like balls deep. <laughs> ha! Wow. <laughs> On that note, I think it's time we close the emporium for the day, Sarah. What do you think? I agree. So until next time, remember to creep it real. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. And happy new year. Happy new year. Please go and check out our website at macabemporiumpodcast.com. Join our Facebook group by searching Macabre Emporium. Like and subscribe on YouTube at Macabre Emporium Podcast. Follow us on TikTok at Macabre Emporium Pod. Follow us on Twitter at Macabre Emporium. If you have any stories of the paranormal, your local true crime or weird history that you would like us to look into and possibly do an episode on, email us at macabemporiumpod at gmail.com. And remember to follow, rate, review, and share whenever and wherever you can to help us grow our podcast. the fuck are you doing (laughs) trying to fit in spots his big ass don't belong in (laughs) that's gonna put at the end